Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell icon so you're notified of any time we put new content on. We have interviews going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. I wouldn't want you to miss any story, any memory, uh, any discussion about a player. So please make sure you hit that bell icon. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up. I know I say that, but every week it just gets better and better, including today's guest. Today's guest played for the club. 35 times in that famous 2004-05 promotional season. It's Luke Chadwick. Hi, Luke. How are you, man? Hi, Russ. I'm good, thank you. I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, as I said before, you look nice and relaxed, nice and chilled. You you know, you've got that sort of lockdown Zoom look about you now. Like, you know what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm experienced with it now. I spend half my life on these, these Zoom calls, so quite relaxed with it. And in general, how's lockdown been treating for you? How's, how's lockdown? How's you been in your lockdown? Yeah, it's been obviously strange, really strange. I think I live in a little village near Cambridge where you don't really appreciate the enormity of the situation. You don't only really see what's going on on the news and that sort of thing. So it's been good in a way, spending time. I've got two teenage boys who probably I wouldn't have the opportunity to spend that much time with if this situation weren't in place bit more time with the missus and that sort of thing. I think we're probably at a stage now where we're getting a bit sick of each other and wanting to get back to normal. But we've had some had some good laughs while in the period we've been off. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. It's uh, yeah, it's getting that to that stage, isn't it? With with, with people in your household, where it's it's getting a bit more bit bit tetchy now, isn't it? There's you know, little things, you know, leaving a cup on the side, or uh, <laughs> you know, washing up, leaving the washing up on the side, just sort of exaggerates everything a bit more than it did say ten weeks ago, for example. But the football's back, oh, so yeah. the football's back. You know, we've got this. We were promised a summer of football. We do have it. Not the summer we wanted, obviously. Um, have you caught much of the football that's been at the much of the Premier League that's been happening? Yeah, as much as possible, really trying to get it all. There's so much on at the minute. We watched uh, Man United yesterday, tea time. They looked very impressive against Sheffield United, who seemed to have struggled in a little bit mm. since they were on such a rich run of form, but now 
since we've been back, they've looked like they're struggling. They might slip out the European places. Obviously, Wolves got a great result at West Ham the other day. They look like they're pushing on a bit. So it's um, it's all exciting stuff. Of course, hopefully West Ham can come out of the little rut they're in and get out of the, the trouble. I think it is really tight down there and who knows what's going to happen. I do think the results are going to be really mixed up with yeah. no fans being it. And I think that's a massive loss for West Ham, obviously, with the, with the fans not being in the stadium. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's one of those... I, I, I've always seen both sides of the coin, so to speak, you know, because it's... Yeah, it's, it's a shame that the fans... Because I think a lot of players feed off the fan interaction, you know, and the, the cheering and stuff. But the, the other side is some fans, some players, they're not sort of, not mentally strong enough. That's the wrong word. But if they're not, sometimes, you know, no pressure, you know, there's in essence, yeah, in a way, there's no pressure. And it's, um, and I think we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, so we've got Chelsea on Chelsea next week. And then we've got an, a run of games, which apparently <laughs> should be winnable. Uh, we, we quite, I think we're sound quite fortunate. We, we, we get to play, you know, the Villas and, I mean, we've got Villa the last game of the season at, at London Stadium. That's That could be an epic game. You know, that could be, everything else could be decided apart from that last spot potentially. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Anyway, we, we won't worry about that. We could, that's, that's weeks away. That's weeks away. Although it's not, <laughs> it? it gets so quickly. These games have been yeah, mental. It's like the World Cup, isn't it? You know, every day there's like three or four games on. It's hard to keep up. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't even realise. I was looking at something and I was like, oh, oh, I forgot Wolves are playing because I wanted to watch them because obviously they're playing Bournemouth and we had a vested interest. And there's been another three or four games as well. And I was like, oh, God, you know, I can't keep up so much of this now. But um, it is what it is, as you said. Now, obviously, what we do with this channel is we talk about memories, talk about West Ham memories um, specifically. And obviously, we interview loads of fans about their memories of the club, supporting the club. And obviously, we interview the players about their time playing for the club. And obviously, you came in on that 2004-05 season. And obviously, we went up you know, through the playoffs with Preston, or, you know, played Preston in the final. And the question I always ask all players when, when, we, when I have the privilege to interview them is, is why West Ham, Luke? Because obviously you came as a free, but, but why West Ham? You know, what was the story to get to West Ham? Um, I think I was on, on tour at the time in America with a Man United first team. I was just sort of there as a squad player and a call come through. The manager told me that West Ham had been on and they were, the club were looking, I was looking to leave the club roughly for me to let me go. So I was absolutely delighted because obviously West Ham's a huge club and I worked with Pards at Reading. So he knew yes. me from my time there. I just had my first child with my with my girlfriend at the time, and I'm from Cambridge, so it gave me the opportunity to to move back, which we were looking to move back to the area area. So it all just fitted nicely. There was a bit of interest from Ipswich, I think, that I was sort of mulling over. But I think when West Ham, the opportunity came through to go to West Ham, I sort of jumped at it. it being such a big club, such a great opportunity to be part of the a team that gets back to the to the Premier League. So it was a a no-brainer for me, and I was absolutely delighted to sign for West Ham. Yeah, brilliant. As you said, having worked with Pardew, you know, knowing Reading, obviously, you knew what you were sort of getting yourself into in terms of in terms of Pardew. What was he like as a manager? Pardew, brilliant. I love working for him. I think he was always he always believed in himself. I think it's a good a good way of putting it. I think he he loved the part, like sort of the being on the TV, the interviews, that sort of thing. He had a real good personality. He was he expected a lot from his players, but at the same time, he gave a lot back as well. I thought that season at West Ham, when I was there and played, it was, I've never seen a manager come back from 
the situation he was in. I've never seen a manager be under so much pressure from ever from the crowd, from the board, from everything, and not get sacked and carry on and produce what he produced and get the club promoted and then go on to do some incredible things. So I think he deserves huge credit for his character of coming back from the sort of pressure he was under that season. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, because we'd lost, you know, we'd lost the season before in the playoffs to to Palace. And there was a little bit of, like, obviously, you coming in, you was part of a a sort of a a procession of new players we brought in, obviously, Jimmy Walker and Teddy and people like that. What's it like when sort of you're like the new boys coming into a club? Um, I think footballers are quite similar in general really I think it doesn't matter too much where you cut what dress yeah. you go into no for no I think it's always quickly to get bedded in and become part of it, it was a, there was really good characters at the club at the time I think Christian Daly was the skipper when I first come in and he was really good at making everyone feel welcome and we all sort of got found quite easily to to enjoy being around each other and enjoy being part of the of the team at the time yeah yeah, no, like, like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. You were right. There was a, there was some big characters there, and obviously, you know, people like Jimmy coming in. Jimmy was a bit of a, a big <laughs> Jimmy Walker's a good character. We've got him on the channel soon as well. Um, but obviously, you know, seeing people like it must have been sort of encouraging when you're coming in and you're seeing guys like Teddy Sheringham coming in and, and people like that. Cause I think Teddy was like top league striker for us that that year in terms of goals. I think Marlon was the best. Was like overall. I think Teddy got twenty goals. You know, it must be. You must have thought. Yeah, this this could be a, this is looking good. This squad coming in now. Yeah, obviously I was I played with Teddy at yeah. Man United, and he, for me he was just a, a dream to play with. He's so intelligent when you wrap the ball into it. Don't matter if you give him a bad pass, which I did quite a lot, but he'd control <laughs> it and then give it you back where you wanted it. And he was Teddy was obviously a dream to to play with. I think when I come in, Michael Carrick was still there. who's obviously yeah. a world class footballer. Bobby Zamora, Marlon Harewood. The list is endless. It was a, to be fair, with a squad that was there that season, it probably should have won that league. I think yeah. with players that were there, but not just sort of creep into the playoffs late yeah. on. But at the end of the day, it got to where it wanted to. The club got to where it needed to be, and promotion was secured, albeit through the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, there was that sort of, sort of that run towards the end, wasn't there? Where I think we lost one in the last ten games. There was a lot of a lot of games we'd we'd win, um, and yeah, we creeped in, as you said, from seven. You know, literally got into that sixth spot. But that usually happens in the playoffs, isn't it? It's the team which goes in with form. It's a cliche, but it happens more often than not. The team with form ends up going to win it because they've got momentum behind them. Um, and you're right. You had, you had some good characters. You know, in your in that in that season, Luke, obviously. You know, there must have been must have been some some highlights, some 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 that maybe maybe obviously playing famously under the under the lights at Upton Park. Everyone speaks romantically about that. But what were some of, sort of the the big you know, the the fun times or the uh, the highlights of your 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 period at West Ham? I think when I first come in and I was a hundred percent fit and I sort of yeah. came on against Reading and set yes. a goal up for Eddie Mundabi and had some real good performances early on, but then sort of. The same old story, really. I couldn't really keep myself fit enough and stay in the team. And really, I've never really done myself justice in terms... I think I was going through a real big transition period in the way I played. When i come through at United, my game was all about running really fast with a ball and running past people where I probably didn't develop other parts of my game. And when I lost a bit of that pace when United let me go after a couple of injuries, I never really... It took me probably four five years to turn into the player that 
could be effective for getting games. Although I had a, yeah. a few decent games at West Ham, I had a few bad ones as well. But always like to think throughout my career, I've worked as hard as I could to not always brilliant on the ball or that sort of thing, but always worked as hard as I could. But it was, I really loved my time at West Ham, obviously getting promoted. And I think it was a case of the worst, the best thing that happened for, for the club, of course, was getting promoted. But probably the worst thing for me because we come back in for pre-season. I was doing really well, thinking, oh, back in the Premier League now. And then they went and bloody signed Jose yeah. Bernayin, who unfortunately <laughs> was a much better player than me. And I was in surplus to requirement. So it was, I, I loved being at West Ham. It was yeah. great in terms of being back home with my family and such a, a great bunch of lads. And although the fans very demanding, without a doubt, had, had let you know when you weren't doing yeah. your job properly at the same time, when you're winning games, there's no, there was no better place to be. And obviously to, to be part of the squad, not a, playing a huge part, but a part of the squad that got the club promoted back to the Premier League where, where it definitely belongs. Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously, you know, being on that right wing, you know, you've, you're quite close to that chicken run, uh, that East stand. And uh, yeah, as you said, if the players, uh, if, you, if, the, if the players don't put it in, they, these fans let them know along that chicken run, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, you'd hear the odd thing. You know, it's very rare I'd hear something positive, but when I did it, it meant a lot, that's for sure. But it was um, like all well, the whole stage, like walking out at Upton Park with forever blowing bubbles and seeing the bubbles coming out. It was, it was um, great for me to say that I, I experienced that in yeah. my football career. No, I get that. I get that. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's it's true. Yeah, it's I, you know people people do joke about you know the, the bubbles and singing that. But it's it's synonymous. I think you know it's one of those songs that 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 uh, that, that football fans you know obviously they mock and stuff like that. But they're not West Ham fans. But it's 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 something about it when everyone sings that song together. Yeah, and and hopefully soon. It may, we don't know when, but we'll be back back singing together at London Stadium, singing that the sixty thousand, singing it soon. It might take another year, who knows? But you know, um, we're getting everyone back in the stadiums, but uh, certainly not this season, but hopefully next season. Anyway, Luke, obviously it was a, as you said, you've already mentioned some players that you played with during that time. What we like to do with all the fans and all the players we interview is do this um, Hammers eleven, so sort of picking the eleven people, eleven players that you um, you played with at the time, obviously. Um, we try and keep it to a four four two to make it easy, partly because I'm not very good at video editing um, <laughs> or anything. <laughs> it's not a problem with it with the, the, the sort of the 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 younger players, Luke, like yourself, with the older players, you know, they start putting in left halves and and inside oh, lefts. And I'm like, what the fuck's all this? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> but four four two, we can keep it. I can I can even stretch your wing backs. I've got you know, but we'll, we'll keep it four. No, no, four four two is good with me. That's good. good. So so who's going to go in goal for the for the Chadwick Hammers eleven then? That is a. T- I didn't play with a huge amount of people. No. I was obviously only there regularly for one season, but two fantastic goalkeepers but two great lads as well which makes it even tougher obviously Jimmy was a great character but I'm going to have to go with my old roommate Stevie Bywater oh was he was he is he your roomie was he your roomie roomie, so sorry to Jimmy he was a great (laughs) keeper as well but I'll have to go with Steve yeah we'll put we'll put uh, Steve in and obviously you know it started didn't it It started with Steve was like number one and Jimmy was and then towards the season it went the other way didn't it and obviously Jimmy yeah yeah 
famously started for Brett, that, that sort of playoff final and then got injured towards the end. I think yeah. he got booked as well. Uh, like on the stretcher, the ref booked him, which I always thought was a, an insult to injury. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, we were blessed. I think West Ham have always been quite blessed with goalkeepers. We've always had a nice, a good, strong goalkeeper, albeit a period last season when he didn't. Um, but, <laughs> but that was only because Roberto was a backup keeper. But we've already done quite well with goalkeepers. But we'll put, uh, put Stephen in, old Bywater. Um, okay, who's going to go? Who's going to get left back for you then, Luke? Left back, another, another choice of two, two really good professionals yeah. out of um, Rufus Brevet or Chris Powell. I think mm. I'm going to give it to Powley just because he um, he had a couple of England caps in there as well when he was um, <laughs> the, the age that he was getting to, like how old he was getting away, he kept himself in shape. So two great professionals, but I'm yeah. going to go Powley at left back. Yeah, that sounds good. Put Chrissy P in. Nice shot. Okay, let's go right back then. Let's go to the other side then, Luke. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think I'm going to go with Mr. Consistent, maybe out of position a little bit, but Hayden Mullins Ooh. at right back. Real nice. consistent player. Yeah, he was. And I think he's one of those players, he's come up a couple of times in conversations with sort of the, not, not, not the young, the less experienced fans, I call them. Don't call old fans. They're not old, they're experienced. The lesser experienced fans. Um, they would say, yeah, I think Mullins gets... Um, he gets lost in the wash a little bit, um, I think, in terms of... He was a bloody good player for us. And he said, Mr. Consistency did a lot of that sort of... You know, when you're sort of when you a kid, it's all about the strikers and the flashy players. And then when you go back and watch, like I've watched all these old games again, um, you get an appreciation for the, the, the workhorses, you know, the, the, sort of the right-backs and things like that who might not necessarily have got the goals, but they were sort of... They, they put themselves about a bit. And Hayden, Hayden Mullins was one of those. And obviously, famously... He got um, him and Louis Garcia had a fight, didn't they, when we were in the um, in the Premier League, uh, the last game of the season, and obviously they were both suspended for the for the FA Cup uh, final because we were playing each other. And uh, now yeah. Hayden Mullins, good shout. Okay, let's go centre backs then, Luke. Who's your first centre back then? So centre halves, I'm going to go. The first one, I'm going to go with youth and two. The two lads were absolutely fantastic that season. So I'm going Anton as the right-sided centre half. He's just got the nod over Thomas Rep because I'll be worried that Tom would have got sent off at some stage. So I'm going with Anton at centre up. <laughs> okay. What was what was Thomas Repka like as a teammate? I've never had the chance to ask anyone that question. I like, he like didn't speak a brilliant amount of English or anything no. like that. But he was just a, he was just a like he's a great lad. He'd come in, worked hard every day, didn't always start the games, although he was sort of a established international that had played a lot of Premier League football, but didn't really Moaning about it, still had a go in training every day, worked hard. And I think he just was a bit erratic at times, maybe, yes. and sort of missed a lot of games through suspension and the like. <laughs> I know, but he was a lovely guy. All right, we'll put, we'll put Anton in. Okay, who's Anton going to partner then, Luke, in the, in the middles? Again, I'm going to go with Elliot Ward, who I thought Ooh. was absolutely brilliant towards the end of that season. As, um, I'm giving him the hot nod as well. Of, ahead of Christian Daly and Malky Mackay. So yeah. he better perform for me. <laughs> and as you said, it, it was a lovely balance, thinking about it now even more so. There was a good balance. You said there, yeah, obviously, Elliot Ward and Anton Fernand, Malky Mackay and Christian Daly. It was a nice, you know, it was a nice little balance. You had that experience. And obviously someone like Malky came in, came in just after you, if I remember. Um, you know, it was, it was a nice, you know, 
I think we could do with some of that now, to be honest. Nice bit of experience mixed in with youth, you know. So, uh, so it seems at the moment it's either one or the other. You either have youthful players, a youthful team, or you have an experienced team which is creaking at the, at the hinges, so to speak. But uh, yeah, Elliot Ward, good shout. You know, I love this. That's what I love about his show because, like, all these players get get time, not time to shine. That's the wrong expression, but they get recognised again. Who and again, someone like Elliot Ward. Not necessarily anyone's because you played with him in your in your time. He gets a shout out, and it's great. And we'll get him on the channel. We're getting Anton on soon, so I'm going to get Elliot on as well. Okay, good shout. We'll put uh, Elliot in. Let's go midfield. Let's go um, left midfield then, Luke. I'd have to say Matty Everton. I think he oh. must have played every single game there, and he was wonderful end product, Matty. Whenever he got in that position, he'd find a cross, and he was um, a real. Real consistent performer that season. Probably one of the top players, I'd say, in the league that season oh, that we went out. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely, Matty Evanson. And again, sort of, you know, I, I've said it before to other people, you know. So, I think that's a... I mean, obviously, you know, you're still in still in sort of doing the training, you know, the, the academies and stuff. But, you know, someone like Matty Evanson, I think the game's lost that sort of... He's like an old school winger, do you know what I mean? Just quick. They play him on the right foot, you know, left foot, because he's left footed. And all he did was just beat the man, cross it in, you know. And football seems to be really complicated now. You put left wingers on the right, right wingers on the left, and you don't you miss that sort of just bombing it and beating the man, beating the fullback and crossing it in. And he was one of those sort of we. I mean, West Ham had a procession of them before Matty. We had a guy called Stan Lazaridis, who was the same type of player. Um, Matthew Rush, we had Matty Holmes, all these guys who literally would just run down the wings. Like yourself, you know, you put them on the, you're on the right wing, that's what you did. Um, we don't do it anymore now. It seems football gets no, too complicated. Yeah. I think the way the game's changed, I think that's more probably expected of the fullback now. Their workload yeah. is to be that winger as well as a fullback and sort of give you opportunity to get another man inside the pitch so you've got good numbers in there. So I think that is... Um, definitely the way the game has changed a lot with more yeah. inverted wingers players playing a little bit narrower to give that space for the fullbacks to bomb up bomb on but yeah fortunately that's happening now and I managed to still nick a career out of being a winger for the for the last 15 years or whatever it was <laughs> I know I'll put back to you good chat who's going to go right wing Luke this will be interesting yeah I, I did think about putting myself in but having didn't play with him that much, but it's got to be Yossi because he was a, a wizard. Yeah. He'd, play that, he'd sort of be one that come inside and find them positions, but he was a reason that I um, left West Ham, really, yeah. because I was told I was surplus to requirements. So I probably shouldn't really put him in my team, really, but I've, um, I'll forgive him and put Yossi in on the, as a wide right. Yeah, but then you went to Stoke and you had a great career at Stoke, didn't you, afterwards? So. Yeah, yeah, probably enjoyed myself. I'm only messing about. Was, I know, um, I know, I know you were. He was, um, he was a fantastic player. Yeah. I mean, sure, you know as well as me, you watched him play enough, but he yeah. was um, a real intelligent footballer and very effective. Yeah, and I definitely put Yoshi in. Okay, let's go, let's go centre midfields. Then, Luke, who's your first midfielder, the centre mid? So, although he left soon after I arrived, I think it has to be Carrick. He yeah. was an absolute. Rolls Royce of a footballer, sort of been past short, long, always found a bit of time on the ball. And it was a to see what he'd done at West Ham and then the career he went on to have at yeah. Manchester United. He was really was maybe a little underrated by many. I think he is right at the top end in terms of that sort of holding midfielder. And 
a world world-class player mm. no i agree and again i think similar to to, to not, not not putting in the same bracket but like hayden mullins was a little bit you know he wasn't necessarily because he was a workhorse and defensive he might not have got the accolades particularly you know at west ham i mean um you know we obviously had a procession of of academy players coming through we had him we had joe cole we had Car- we wasn't really Car- but we had, we had like rio we had glenn johnson we had all these sort of players coming through and i think he got a little bit lost in the wash a little bit um second time i've used that expression ever now <laughs> in this video but you know what i mean i think you know now it's one of these things i'm a great believer of the adage you don't you know you don't believe you, know, you don't know what you've got to it's gone and when he was when he wasn't in the team um and you saw the effect he had on tottenham and obviously man united you were, and it's one of those sliding doors moments because obviously you joined when we'd obviously just lost the Crystal Palace. There was a moment in that Crystal Palace game where Carrick got taken down and he should have had a penalty. And if he had a penalty, we would have scored yeah. uh, and we wouldn't, we would have gone up and, and the rest would have been history. But you know, it's one of those moments that, that people always, you know, go back and talk about what could have been, but uh, we'll put, we'll put Mickey Carrick in good shout. Okay. Who's Michael going to partner in that? central midfield positions then Luke so I was out of two it was either going to be Nigel Rio Coker or Mark Noble but I think it's got to be Nobes for what he's gone on to achieve at the club the amount of time his longevity there and I was actually lucky enough to play in his his full debut where I think it was Norwich City in the FA Cup that season where he played and I think he was a man of the match in that game and I'm sure he's gone on to win many more over the last however many bloody years it's been since he came yeah. into the team. But I think it'll have to... Nigel Riococo was very good that season, but I think it'll go... Nobes is uh, the man to partner Carrick. Nice little partnership. Yeah, nice little partnership. Nice little partnership. And obviously, we'll take Mark in his... in his when he was playing for you in that era, because obviously, he'd have a lot more energy, more box-to-box, and Carrick could just hold and, and ping the yeah. you know, quarterback position, you know, sort of ping those balls in. Well, I'll put Nobes in. Yeah, and I, yeah, I agree with everything you say. You know, the man's... The man who's is the modern-day Mr. West Ham for me. Um, and again, sort of a, similarly, you know, we talk about how the games change. You know, players don't hang around for, for 10 years anymore, you know, and, and it's very, very rare. I mean, I can only think of maybe half a dozen testimonial years. You know, obviously, Vinnie Company had one, Gary Neville had one, Carrick, Mark Noble. can't think of many more, really, no. to be fair, nowadays. Um, well, obviously, I interviewed a lot of the older players, and every year was a testimonial year, you know, and yeah. obviously, they'd use, they'd, unlike nowadays, where they use it for charity, they would use it to supplement their, their income yeah. because they're going to retire. Uh, all right, okay, let's go up front then. Who's your, who's your, now, this is going to be interesting because they had some good strikers you played with during the time at West Ham. Who's your first striker then, Luke? So, first name on the team sheet and skipper, Teddy Sheringham. I can't, yeah. he's, he's the top dog. Cool as a yeah. cucumber. It's got to be Teddy in there as a skipper. Yeah, good shout. We'll put Teddy in. And as you said, you obviously you worked with him at United and stuff. And and again, you know, that experienced head, particularly in the championship, you know, he was head and shoulders about, you know, as I said, got 20 goals that season for, and obviously then he went, stayed, stayed with us in the Premier League, scored goals in the Premier League. And incredible how, you know, such an age, he was still, he was still doing it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, man. I think it's so intelligent, really. Just knew where to be all the time, really. Always found space in the box as well where he could score goals. He was an absolute, like, one of the best, Teddy. Yeah. Great fan and a, a great footballer as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'll put Teddy in. And who's Teddy going to partner then, Luke? 
this is another massive decision for me. Obviously, Bobby or Marlon, to both. Bobby came good at the end of the season. Marlon had a really good season. I'm going to go with Bobby Zamora because because of the goal of yeah. Cardiff that got the club promoted again. But that is a real, real tough decision. But to credit to Bobby, got um, went through a spell where he was under a bit of pressure for not scoring, getting yeah. a bit of stick off the crowd, but come through that and achieved what he achieved. But Marlon had a great season as well. But Teddy and Bobby will be the starting partnership up top. Yeah, nice. There's some goals in there. Luke, man, it's been great chatting. As I said, I'm always going to take half an hour of your time and, and that's what I've taken, almost almost the minute. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, mate. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. appreciate, you know, it's another Zoom call. It's another, uh, it's another video conferencing call. But it's been really nice talking to you. Generally lovely. Thank you. It's been great. No fun. worries. It's been a, a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking about football to anyone. So it's great, great chatting to you and I hope it goes well. Thank you. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching. Obviously, like, share, subscribe. Um, very humbled by all the messages and sort of support you guys. I read everyone. And um, until next time, from me and Luke, take care, everyone. Stay safe and we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.